Well, City Church, as 2023 comes to a close, it has been it's been quite an amazing year. There's been a lot of ups and downs in most of our lives as we go back. It's easy to recapture the stories. And when I think about that, when I think about recapturing stories, we, we often do that in, in photographs. However, photographs only, only take a moment of our life in, in that moment in time. Uh, and what we tend to do for most of us is we tend to capture moments like that and we remember one another by those moments. However, Christian life doesn't work like a photograph. The Christian life works more like a, a movie. Uh, when Jesus looks at your life, he doesn't look at the snapshots of your, your highs and your lows. He, he looks at the totality of your life as a progression in sanctification. And what I want to do is I want to challenge you as you move into 2024 to see your life as a work in progress. So just for a couple minutes, as you're worshiping at home this morning, I, I want to open up the scriptures to you to Romans chapter 12. So if you have a Bible, grab it and meet me in Romans chapter 12. And I want to explore those first two verses that Paul gives you and, and give you some quick, practical takeaways for you to reflect on as you enter into this new year. So here's what it says. Paul says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, now, if we were to take this verse and break it down, kind of like a Bible study for just a second, I, I want to pull out some key phrases and words that Paul uses. The first one is therefore. That therefore, um, that therefore is a hinge passage that takes what Paul does from the first 11 chapters of the book of Romans and what he's about to do for the remainder of the book from verses 12 through 16. What, what Paul writes in, if you look at it and you study Paul, is, is these two phrases of indicative and imperatives, basically why you should do what you're doing, theology, and how that should apply to your life. You see, for most of us, when we think about theology, um, let me just tell you, theology, if it's not applied, is useless. Uh, to know a bunch of good information without doing anything with that information only puffs you up and only makes you prideful, and, and it becomes the worst kind of religion. So Paul Paul takes the theology, the deep, robust theology of Romans chapters 1 through 11, and then he says, I appeal to you, or, or I besiege you, or it's really a command. Paul is saying, hey, based on what you know about Jesus, here's what the Christian life needs to look like. Well, how do I know that? Because the next phrase, by the mercies of God. See, what Paul is about to tell you is the way you live your life, the way that you, Christian, should, should live, should be based off the mercy of God or the grace of God. The difference between religion and the gospel. Religion says, do a bunch of stuff and maybe God will accept you. The gospel says, God already accepts you, therefore go and do. So Paul says, hey, I besiege you or, or I command you based off of the mercy of God to do what? To present your bodies as living sacrifices. You know what's interesting about a sacrifice is most sacrifices are, are dead. Um, by the time you sacrifice something, it, it, it's dead. But the, the problem with a living sacrifice is living things don't want to be sacrificed. They tend to get up off the altar. What Paul is saying is actually the exact same thing that Jesus says. 
die to yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Here's what Paul is saying is based off everything you know about the gospel, based off of what you know to be true about what Jesus did, that he lived your perfect life, died your death and rose from the dead. There is nothing more logical to do with your life than to present your body, your whole self as a living sacrifice, to die to yourself and to live for Christ. How Again, how do you know that? That, that next thing that Paul says as spiritual worship, that word spiritual, it, it's actually the word that we translate logical or, or lo- logic, logos. What Paul is saying is that the only reasonable thing to do based off of what you know to be true about the gospel is to give your life to Jesus. What if, as you began this year, into 2024, you started it off by asking the question, God, what practically can I do to give my life to you this year? What are the things that I need to sacrifice? What are the things I'm not giving to you? How am I holding tightly to things when I should be letting them go? You see what Paul's saying? Paul's saying, brothers, I appeal to you. Like, I besiege you based on what you know to be true about the gospel, that the only reasonable, logical thing to do with your life is to live for God. It's to, it's to die to yourself and to let Jesus take over. You know, they, they used to have those bumper stickers that, that said, Jesus is my co-pilot. The reality is, is he ain't trying to be your co-pilot. He's not trying to sit in the passenger seat of your life. What he wants is for you to move over and to let him run your life. Because that's where joy is found. Joy is found in the giving of yourself. Because listen, according to him, you are holy and acceptable. He has already done everything necessary to save you. So listen to what he says next. He says, brothers, Christian, if you walk with me, I appeal to you. I besiege you. Present your bodies as living sacrifices. And that is your spiritual or your logical or your reasonable worship. Then he says, do not be conformed to this world. Now, the, the, the word conformed there, it, it's the word schism or the schemes of this world. When he says world, he's not talking about world like the planet that you live in. He's not using the word cosmos. He's using a different word that, that actually means the world systems. Here's what Paul is saying. Hey, don't be conformed to the schemes of the cultural systems of this world. Whatever the world is pulling you to, whether it's more pleasure, more money, uh, more comfort, Comfort, more power, more control, whatever the idols of this world are, Paul is saying, do not be conformed or do not give into those things. However, what you should do is you should be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Notice this, that, that phrase be transformed, it's in the passive tense, meaning you don't do the transformation. And, and transform right there, it, it actually, it's the word that we get the word metamorphosis from. It's like, it, it's to be completely changed. Second Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anybody is in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, the old is gone and the new has come. To be transformed is to allow the, the power of the Holy Spirit that is at work in your life to continually transform you. It's a, it's a process of sanctification into who he has made you to be. And the way that you do that is you, you run from the schemes of this world, the patterns of this world, the evil of this world, and you run to the Spirit of God. So what if this year, the way that you died to yourself was to surrender yourself to the power of the Spirit of God 
in your life? What would it look like for you? What would it look like for you as a husband or a wife or a mom or a dad? What would it look like you for a college student or a teenager to not be transformed or to not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but to be transformed by the renewal of your mind, by giving your whole self to God, your body, your mind, and your spirit to God this year. Paul would tell you that that's the only reasonable thing to do. And then here's what he would say, is that as you do that, as you give yourself to the power of God that already lives within you, or as he says to Timothy, as you fan into flame the spirit of God that is already inside of you, what ends up happening is you discern the will of God for your life. Think about that. Don't we all want to know what God's will is for our life? As you move into 2024, as you make these resolutions, as you as you think about what the big idea of your life is, as you reflect back on the last year, don't we all want to know that big why question? God, why are you doing this? What do you want to do with my life? Well, Paul would tell you as you walk with God, maybe my favorite verse in all the scriptures is Psalm 119, 105. The Lord's word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. As I've told you before, if you turned out all the lights and you just put a light at your feet. What do you see as your next step? What if this year you walked with God step by step, hand in hand, relationally trusting him with your life, your money, your time, your possessions. And you said, Lord, I want to trust you with every area of my life. You know what would happen? You become more like him. And as you're more like him, you would become more joyful you become more happy. Here's here's what he gets to from this point forward. He goes to something really, really practical. If you look at verse nine, here's what he says. He says, let love be genuine, which means without hypocrisy. You know what he's saying here is um, that that word genuine or hypocrisy, it's, it, it actually meant to wear a mask. And, and what would happen back in those Greco-Roman times 2,000 years ago is as you were an actor, you would put on different masks for different situations to play different roles. What Paul is saying is the Christian life, the genuine life, is not one that wears masks, but as you die to yourself, as you become a living sacrifice, as you walk with God, and you're transformed by the renewal of your mind, actually that love, that agape, that deepest form of love is without hypocrisy. It's, it's not fake love. You become genuinely who you're supposed to be. So he says, let love be genuine. Abhor or hate what is evil. And, and I've told you this before, true love does hate the things that are killing the people around you. Like you hate the cancer that kills your friends. You hate the 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 drugs that you see ruining this world. You should hate the evil of this world because you love what is good. Then he says, love one another with a brotherly affection. Think about that. What would it look like if Christians were known as being the most loving people on the planet? I've told you this before. The greatest enemy of the church is the church. It's our disunity not our unity. Paul would tell you that the Christian life is one that has genuine love, that hates what's evil, and that's unified together, and they love one another. And how do you how do you love one another? You outdo one another in showing honor. You show honor to one another. You serve one another. You outdo one another. You you compete with one another in who can be the most honorable, loving people. Do not be slothful in zeal, meaning like don't be lazy 
in zeal. God is zealous for you. You should be zealous for his word. What would it look like for all of us to, to be actively pursuing in, in a, in a aggressive, active tense, the word of God and the people of God, not slothful, but be fervent in spirit. He says, be fervent in spirit and serve the Lord. That's what the Christian life looks like right there. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. You should rejoice in the fact that you have a hope in the gospel, that Jesus has loved you with an everlasting love. He has lived your perfect life, died your death, rose from the dead, and he will come back to rescue and redeem you. There is hope in this life, hope that is grounded in the gospel, which gives you patience in trouble. As many of you have gone through some really difficult times this year, here's what I want to tell you is we don't know what 2024 holds, but be patient. Be patient because you have hope in the gospel. Be consistent in prayer. Prayer is your lifeline and your connection back to a God who loves you. It's the relational aspect that changes everything. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. See that? That is loving one another, being hospitable, caring for one another, serving one another. Listen to what he says next. Bless those who persecute you. How hard is that? That is so difficult, but I'm telling you, whenever you bless those who persecute you, you display the gospel in the deepest form. Because listen, that's what Jesus did for you. As we persecuted him, all he did was bless us. His last words were, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. He said, it is finished to tell us die. He didn't say try harder. Even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Listen, as you are grounded in your life in 2024, here's what I want you to know. Jesus has already done everything necessary to save you. He has lived your perfect life. He's died your death. There's nothing you can do to make him love you anymore. There's nothing you've ever done to make him love you any less because it's not dependent on what you do. And as Paul would say, based on the gospel, I urge you to present your bodies or your whole selves as a living sacrifice, continually, daily putting yourself back on the altar. Like Martin Luther said, the key to the Christian life is always going back to the beginning, always doing it over and over and over again. Tim Keller would tell you that the gospel is not the diving board into the Christian life, but it is the pool that you go deeper and deeper into. As you continually put yourself on the altar, dying to yourself and living for Christ, what you find is you find the will of God for your life. You become the kind of person that is able to genuinely love and care for those around you. And you start to do the things that the gospel says. You start to care about justice in equity, you care about the poor, you care about the people around you, you become the church. See, you become who Jesus is. And as we become that together, what we do is we put the gospel on display and we build God's kingdom. City Church, what would it look like in 2024 if we started out with the commitment that we are not going to be conformed to the patterns of this world, but we are going to allow the Spirit of God to transform us by the renewal of our mind, as we think about godly things, as we pursue the Spirit of God in our life, and as we live for the gospel. I hope that this year is the year that you become the greatest version of who God 
has designed you to be as you pursue him in grace and love and holiness. City Church, I love you. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would do the work that only you can do. That you would fan into flame the spirit that you've put inside of us. That you would do your will to work in us. Father, I pray that as, as you do that work in us, that we would walk by faith and not by sight. That we would uh, invite the spirit to do its work within us. And that we would not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but we would be transformed by the renewal of our mind so that we would know, so that we would know your will for our life and that we would live out genuine love for you and for one another. God, I pray that you'd bless this year, make it holy, use it, and we pray that you would use us. We love you, Jesus, and we pray all of this in your name. Amen. City Church, I will see you next Sunday. I hope you have a great day.